Okay. It's on? Yeah, great. All right, so uh, what's the date today? 16th. 16th of October 2007, and our first uh, anthem session of the second year of, of anthem. So could I just ask uh, all the anthem members present to introduce themselves for our listeners uh, who are going to listen to, possibly listen to this broadcast. You can start with yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My name is Peter Ade. I'm in Information Systems and Innovation Group in the Management Department of the LSE. Uh, I'm Alexei Altman, and I'm working on the same PhD program. And my name is Frankel, and I'm a first year PhD. My name is Ron Gilbo, I'm in the Master of Information Systems, uh, the Master of Research. I know. My name is Oili Amosa, an ISO student in the Department of Information Systems Group, Department of Management. My name is Zeynep Pialcum, I am studying MS in Information Systems and Organizations. My name is Wifak, I'm in the first year of All right, brilliant. So uh, we've agreed that to get started with our discussion, the chairperson who happens to be me today uh, is going to do a short proposition, a little statement about our approach to reading Latour's text and reading this particular, these two few chapters. Uh, for today we've agreed to read up until page 62, so the second source until and including the second source of uncertainty in the book. And just to put this into the tradition or, or into the history of the Anthem group, we are interested in both um, Heidegger and actor network theory and the relationship between phenomenology and actor network theory, Latour's uh, own uh, position and uh, debates and controversies, his, his, his opinions uh, regarding Heidegger and phenomenology. Uh, also, uh, there's a whole uh, sort of strain of uh, thought called post-phenomenology of Don Eyes and uh, Verbeck and a few other people who are uh, usually Heideggerians or phenomenologists who are also happen to be quite interested in actor network theory. And finally, uh, well not finally, maybe I should have started with Graham Harmon's uh, work. Um, Graham Harmon, a post-Heideggerian philosopher who is very interested um, in actor network theory itself, and he has his own brand of realism, so a realist uh, philosopher. And so, of course, there are some interesting questions here. You know, what is, how can you think about realism and phenomenology and actor network theory and constructionism, constructivism? So, um, it's a lot of ontological and metaphysical questions. Uh, Latour, of course, in these first um, few chapters, himself stresses how important uh, metaphysics is, or he considers, um, he, he talks about practical metaphysics and empirical metaphysics, suggesting that when you are carrying out research or social research, that at the same time you're engaging in philosophy as well, or that those two things cannot really be separated. Um, and so that underlies our discussion, our reading. We're trying to figure out the philosophical basis of Latour. And uh, to do that, um, uh, some of the vocabulary that maybe I'll be using is actually coming from 
Heidegger, and I find great and interesting parallels between, let's say, Heidegger's being in time and reassembling the social, even as two texts. Um, and, and then there's a lot of other interesting similarities, uh, despite Latour's rejection of um, Heidegger. And so also, our inter interpretation is also influenced by Graham Harmon's uh, work. Uh, he's got, he has a book called Tool Being, another one called uh, Guerrilla Metaphysics, another one called Heidegger Explained, and most recently he's working on a manuscript about Latour's metaphysics. So we've been influenced by his ideas and the way we've, uh, we are reading Latour in this session. So just to quickly, the little sheet that I've printed out. I mean, there's two, I guess, to, to read. Uh, my suggestions for reading Latour's book are twofold. One, that there seems to be one overall underlying train of thought, sort of starting at the beginning, and that develops all the way through. So that's, I would suggest, it's really important to pay attention to that. So it's not, if you are just reading it chapter by chapter, we should know that he's actually uh, developing one ongoing overall train of thought. There is an internal hermeneutics, so to speak, and a few twists and turns, and he returns to some of these points. So I would like in our reading to focus on that and identify that. What is this overall theme? And also to be able to identify some of the critical and most important concepts in Latour's version of action network theory. And I would like to suggest that the ones that, are, that, that have been highlighted here under the questions column, that are some of the most critical ones. And there are a few, and, and uh, well, Graham Harlan made this point once in one of his books that every philosopher's got one major insight in his life or her life and is working away on the same insight for, for the rest of their lives. And so it would be good for us to identify what is Latour's insight. And of course, what is Heidegger's insight, and how are those two insights engaged um, in a debate, perhaps? So, the few critical ideas here, and, and, and so we would also like to understand Latour's uh, vocabulary. So, one proposition that I'm making, and so we can maybe debate that, that the distinction between mediators and intermediaries is at, absolutely at the heart of Latour's sort of metaphysics. And so understanding what he actually means by mediators and intermediaries provides a key to understanding how he distinguishes between traditional sociology and, um, and the sociology of associations or actual network theory. Also, what is an association? How do things associate? What is an object? What is a thing? What is a being for for Latour, so we're asking what is his ontology, what is his theory of being, his metaphysics. And of course he, he talks, he mentioned, and at the same time he's addressing questions of causality, so as a sort of scientist we want to understand how we can study cause and effect and causality and how does actual network theory differs from other ways of thinking about causality. And also very important, how do you in fact carry out empirical metaphysics? How do you carry out sociological work? What is the methodology or method or the way of ANT? 
Um, so these are some of the key issues. We've sort of had listed translation there, but uh, in these first few chapters he didn't quite get into, Luxor didn't quite address, but it's fundamental. And of course, what mediators and intermediaries are, maybe it's not possible to discuss that without also trying to understand what he means by translation as one of, according to Graham Harmon, translation is uh, Latour's theory of uh, uh, truth, so his concept of truth. Hello there. Hello. Um, welcome to the uh, anthem session. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm Peter. Joël. 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 I'm uh, in Bios. I did a master's in philosophy last year. All right, excellent. And now I'm a researcher with uh, Nicholas Schultz. Oh, excellent. Well, welcome. <laughs> welcome to our little little group. Uh, I was just doing my initial spiel of uh, um, sort of making a proposition on how to read this book, and, and then we're opening up for a discussion, so I'm, I'll be acting as a, as, a, as a chairperson. And so just to finish my train of thought. I mean, of course, he's also talking about sociology, so what is a group? And the whole issue of performativity, which is linked to this distinction between mediators and intermediaries. And I would want to suggest, and again, that this distinction between mediators and intermediaries underlies all his other distinctions. So that seems to be his fundamental insight. So we, we, we can uh, sort of get back to that. And... Um, so um, I guess that's my proposition. Finally, just to, to clarify uh, a terminology, because we are using a lot the word metaphysics. And if you read a bit of Heidegger and a bit of Latour and a bit of Graham Harman, some of these terms, like what is metaphysics and what is an object or a thing, are, are very different, um, or actually might mean the opposite. So, um, so I'm going to use the term good metaphysics and bad metaphysics, and, and, and uh, bad metaphysics is the Heideggerian approach. So for Heidegger, when Heidegger uses the word metaphysics, he uses it in a negative sense to criticize the history of um, Western philosophy, which he, which he sees culminating in uh, modernity and you know, technology, or gestell, uh, as, he, as he put it, the essence of technology. But uh, metaphysics, um, in, in Heidegger's um, approach, and, uh, you know, he breaks it down, metaphysica, the Greek, um, the Greek source of it. That, uh, I guess uh, one interpretation is that, well, it is about, or, or the science of reality, or what, um, what, um, what is the nature of what is. And uh, physics, or physis, is sort of, you can interpret it as nature, or being, or uh, force, or whatever. So meta is being, looking, or trying to understand, or looking at it from the above, from above. And uh, Heidegger criticized metaphysics because if you try to look at something from stepping out of it and looking at it from the above, you are creating a certain structure, which he was critical about. But also, I guess metaphysics means the order of the books of Aristotle. That wasn't his metaphysics; was came after physics. Uh, so it's after physics, metaphysics. Um, so for for Heidegger, that's a that's a negative notion because it suggests that it's possible to step outside of the reality that you are talking about somehow and looking down at it sort of from a omni omni sense 
um, perspective, as if you know God looking at the world sort of from the above. Um, but uh, the way uh, the way Latour doesn't use the word metaphysics from that in that sense, and, and in fact Latour uses it as basically just you know as the science of reality, and he's suggesting that it is important to engage in metaphysics. And when you when you're doing research of any kind, you are constantly engaged in metaphysics. In fact, he says that every actor is engaged in metaphysics, meaning some sort of an interpretation of reality. Um, so, so just to distinguish that, so I mean, you know, I said good metaphysics versus bad metaphysics. Um, Graham Harman also uses the term uh, metaphysics, and so uh, we, we're trying to understand how Latour understands it, but if here and there I mentioned bad metaphysics, that's what I'm talking about. And in terms of objects and things, the distinction is something that pops up in, uh, elsewhere, or maybe later on in this book as well, or matter of concern and matter of fact, some of these distinctions so I would also suggest that it comes down to the same fundamental insights, what difference between mediators and intermediaries. But uh, objects are bad for Heidegger, so, so to speak, he, he uses objects as a negative term, and things is the definition of a more, um, let's say, non-metaphysical uh, conceptualization of beings. Uh, and Latour borrows that, actually, from Heidegger to some extent. So that we're also as a distinction between be, uh, objects and things, but maybe I don't have to get into that. But just just want to mention that Graham Harman, on the other hand, rescues the notion of the object, so that he talks about the object as a positive concept. So Graham Harman is engaged in, or is in search of an object-oriented philosophy. So I just wanted to highlight that these terms are you know all over the place. And some people people use these and then different have different connotations. So anyway, I'll I'll stop right there. So that was sort of just my sort of introduction. And I mean, I suggest that by the end of this session, we'll try to at least touch upon each of these notions. So as a as um, as the moderator, I'll make sure that we don't forget any of these on the left hand side. And then actually, there's Patricio, who's from New York, and why you? So he can't be with us, but he. Is interested in activity theory, and he picked up on this distinction between mediators and intermediaries in activity theory. So that would be interesting if those of you, in, uh, maybe Alexi, who, who, who have worked with act, um, act, activity theory, if, if you could, you know, say something about that, or even get back to um, Patricio on that, because I think it's very. There was an article about that I remember, but I've read it. They have written specifically about the concept of object in activity theory and activity theory. Can I add right. one thing to the uh, how to approach Latour? Sure. Yeah. And it was already in my comments that uh, I think, um, basically, it's my approach often kind of to these kind of theories and ways of thinking is that you have to understand where they came from in order to understand that thinking. And it's uh, uh, especially it's quite prominent. It's everywhere in these pages where we read in the beginning of the book that Latour is striking against certain kind of uh, sociology, and uh, he's all the time criticizing traditional sociology, which is based on the idea that uh, there is something uh, very abstract, all-encompassing society behind us pulling the strings, sort of, 
immaterial, social. Sociologists talk about society as social, as a noun, as a sort of ether kind of thing everywhere we can see, but we can only see its uh, effects. And that's really, that's the, tra that's the traditional, and I would say, uh, in a strict sense, what sociology is about, the understanding of the society, why, why the hell the society stays, sticks together, and it's kind of explained by this kind of notion of social. And uh, Latour is very much um, criticizing this <coughs> notion, because, it, it, and because from that point of view, all the material entities, they just kind of mediate the society. What is here is for sociologists, it's not a computer, it's a kind of uh, uh, materialization of capitalism. <laughs> Basically. And Latour says, no, we have to take it as a computer and where it kind of leads us and not kind of always explain these entities away with this few class, social control, and so on and so on. And, and I think this a little bit broader perspective because we have been like you can see this in many other ways of thinking like why actually positivism that everybody strikes these days is sort of the the, the, the uh, strong man that's always used as a criticism it was actually a very progressive movement in the 19th century against kind of metaphysical speculation of what there is. So positivist for it was actually a progressive movement at its time. But don't you only understand that if you see against which movement is reacting. And I think uh, we see it very strongly given in this pages in, in Latour. But on the other hand, uh, Latour is uh, in this way, this book is a little bit uh, different from I think Latour's previous books because uh, he's obviously he's not anymore wishing to get rid of the traditional sociology all the time, but he's more like trying to build a division of labor. <coughs> like uh, he's saying that he's more more saying here that we can't take these social formations and figurations all the time as given, but we have to kind of look how they are kind of constantly built up and put put together. So he's more like kind of trying to build a, a division of labor and not trying to say that we should get rid of the whole traditional sociology that, that he was very much saying throughout the 1990s, at least in his rhetorics. No, the lesson delivers a pretty devastating critique of, uh, <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> uh, In a way, yes, but the, the challenge I think he has is that while he's refining his conceptions, he's slowly moving actually towards, he's becoming a little bit more conservative. He's not anymore so radical because he has to, he also, he seems to, at points, he doesn't admit it, it willingly, but at, at times uh, uh, he has come to kind of acknowledge that there is something good in, in, in traditional sociology also. <clears throat> because his conception, like you talk, how to kind of operationalize it. It's bloody difficult to operationalize actor network theory and do justice for it. Okay, but that was already too much about the background. So if someone wanted to say something. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, I didn't see it like uh, uh, a move uh, backward or Latour because uh, 
Uh, I think that it was, uh, what uh, was focused on in this book is to build uh, a methodology, I mean, a sound methodology and, uh, um, and to document it uh, by uh, helpful, um, in a way, um, structure that uh, researchers may follow in the whole process of uh, unfolding the controversies and uh, after rebuilding the unity of uh, what is sociology. So, uh, uh, I mean, in this sense, uh, I found his work here more constructive. I mean, in this sense that uh, it, we are not here just to criticize, but to build a new, maybe, uh, concept of sociology that distances it itself from what we use it to understand from this concept of science of sociology, but uh, but not deny it in a way, in its continuity. Well, maybe to that, we could add that actually not only that he is setting up actual network theory and the traditional sociology, but he also adds critical sociology yeah, as something yet, so almost there is three um, different conceptualizations of, uh, or conceptions of sociology that seems to play, uh, or, or, or make, make, makes a commentary on, so that's a, another, but, but, but I, I mean, I agree with you, but that um, it's, uh, it's not, a, and even said this is not deconstruction, this is, if, 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 if all you do is deconstruct, then you are not an actor network yeah. theorist, uh, so to speak. But I'm saying that he said that that's the reconstruction by uh, rephrasing some of the uh, conceptions, to the degree some, somehow reconceptualizing the uh, concepts from traditional sociology. He's, he's like, you know, some, to some degree he's bringing in some of those things here. And, and I'm not saying that he would do anything new, but to me, it seems that he's kind of, uh, his stance, that's something, that's something new in his, what he's been doing, that he's trying to kind of somehow reinterpret some of the traditional concepts in his, I think in his new framework. At some point he even says that the differences between the old sociology and this new sociology of associations is so subtle, it's almost like splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And of course he gives a lot of uh, importance to splitting hairs, that's the way science always progresses, but the differences are sometimes so difficult to really to point out that they need the magnifying glass be very, very Actually, so uh, I found that like this question of intertextual coherence, he was trying to say I'm not just bringing something from nowhere, yeah. I'm just building up in what's existing in sociology and uh, so uh, he's uh, naming a lot of people who have said the same things uh, differently. Yeah, even Durkheim. Yeah. Exactly, even Durkheim. 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 In a target moment, yes. where uh, where uh, the symbol is performative. Yeah. Well, he also uses this uh, term of the reversing the foreground and the background. Yes. It's uh, almost uh, you know actor network theory is bringing what was in the background into the foreground or you know, the other way around. Um, so I guess another term trying to describe the the, the relationship. Um, but to be honest, I'm, 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 I take sort of a much more, um, well, I take a different view <laughs> in, in the sense that I think that he's delivering a pretty radical reversal. So, so in, in a way, I mean, I see the parallels between you know, what Heidegger has done to traditional metaphysics, that 
you know, Heidegger said that would, well, is going to de destruct or deconstruct traditional uh, metaphysics. And so the same way it seems to me that Latour is doing that in sociology. So he's basically trying to, uh, trying to suggest that the traditional metaphysical way of, in a bad sense, way of doing sociology is, uh, well, is not, no longer productive. Um, and I don't know, maybe we can get into the uh, details of perhaps how he contrasts, what is the contrast between traditional sociology and actual network theory, or sociology of association? I mean, what do you see as the key differences, what did emerge to you? Actually, one point has already been uh, clarified by Alexis. This unity uh, of the social, uh, so that is uh, against I mean, the domain of the social that we define as uh, I mean, uh, independent uh, uh, phenomena and uh, objects and uh, actors uh, as uh, inheriting an attribute of this uh, uh, strict domain of the social. But, uh, I mean, everything is social and everything is not social, like is taking Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I think another thing is like the point that you pointed out, uh, mediator and intermediators. So the, the classical sociologies look more uh, as two materials, as a mediator right, of, of some some, so the other way around, I mean, intermediary. Oh, sorry, yes, intermediary. So, like a, a, a looking glass that has no, you know, no substance of its own, but is just a, is there as a placeholder for some other kind of force. So, actually, I think for me, the easiest way to, I mean, the way I understand it is that uh, in how he talks about it is. The relationship between things in the, in the classical sociology is always a relationship of a master and a slave. There's always this one big force that is a master and is capable of doing things, and, and material, for example, is a slave. So I can shape it as, as, as I wish, and it has no, uh, it does never re rejects or never resists my, my uh, wishes. There's always this master slave relationship. And, uh, and he proposes against this idea that there's always kind of a more symmetric, uh, symmetrical relationships. And in one place, uh, I read after this book that, that conveys this idea very powerfully is where he describes the ethnography of puppeteers, you know, that they hold puppets, right, on, on strings. And, uh, you know, usually puppets are used as a metaphor of uh, something that was on a string that has absolutely no... You know, will of its own, or conscious of its own, and is, is totally you know, dependent on the puppeteer. But he says when you actually go and ask a puppeteer you know, what is his feeling towards the puppet, then he would say that it's actually the opposite, that he feels often controlled by, by the gravity, by the, by the weight, by, by the will of the, the puppet almost guides him in, in, in the unfolding of its, of its movements. And, he doesn't feel like a master over a slave, but more a symmetrical kind of relationship. Here, here yeah. again, the symmetric or not the opposite. Yeah. Here again, I think what's important to say is where Latour comes from. He comes from uh, science and technology studies, which uh, science and technology are, by definition, inventing new things. And, and uh, uh, 
and there we come in the 60s and 70s to some degree obvious that the traditional sociological approach doesn't, couldn't explain what was really happening in the laboratory and what was really happening when you create technology. So that's uh, so sociology is not that uh, traditional sociology is not that good necessarily uh, explain where do the new things come from? Where do they start? Because all the new things they start from small and then they spread around. But still, uh, on the other hand, uh, I think, and I think, Lato doesn't necessarily deny that. It's just that it's our society seems to. Uh, at least there was a lot of need for understanding the kind of the changing surface. But if you look at the uh, many of the things in society, for some kind of, there is still, a, I would say, a place for traditional sociology. And, uh, and here, here comes the idea of uh, division of labor, because for some bloody strange reason, kind of the people of the uh, society seems to repeat itself in a way. Uh, if you look at it in certain level, uh, year after year, generation after generation itself, and kind uh, of and, and understanding that kind of structures. Of course, the classical example is the is uh, the Durkheimian study on suicide, where he kind of basically uh, study why on earth different nations and kind of where they where the level of uh, suicides uh, is different, and he found out that uh, there was there he found out this social amongst the society, the nation, that was different than that kind of cost. He couldn't kind of explain that the, the constant differences year after year in the levels of suicides by any other means of that and applying to the social. So I think it's more like, really like, like a division of labor and the question what you study than, than doing away with, with social, kind of, in a way, traditional sociology. So shall we Sorry. go back to your question? Yeah, because uh, uh, I think I mean with uh, uh, this new uh, actor network approach. I mean, what we maybe should also keep as concept is this uh, tracing of association. Because we don't. I, mean, I don't know. For me, it's important that we should not forget that it's. Uh, uh, before uh, all uh, methodology, so uh, when he says trace and association, it's a type of connection. When he says that it's a move, um, a move uh, uh, for reassembling and uh, uh, reconstructing uh, the ties. So. Okay, but maybe what I would like to sort of ask us to do is to contrast the two different ways of doing things. So if you um, if you're a traditional sociologist, how do you do things? I mean, what you just mentioned is the, the actor network theory yeah. way of doing doing things. But, you know, yes. So in re in, in reality, how how do what, what is the difference uh, between uh, between the way traditional sociology does it? And of course, Latour says that. Well, he is criticizing that. I mean, he's saying there's a lot of things wrong with with the way that. Maybe I'll just pick one. Uh, Quote of uh, where he contrasts, uh, if I can find that. Um, let me just see. What's the difference between. Uh, okay, page 40. And so 40, 40. And 
well, it's because this is he actually contrasts the two here, sort of it's a summary of his contrast. So toward the middle of the page, it says, page 40, <coughs> do you have it? Yeah. yeah. It says, to sum up the contrast in a rudimentary way, the sociologists of the social believe in one type of social aggregates, few mediators and many intermediaries. Okay, so there you go. That's the definition of the traditional sociology. So how is ANT different? For ANT, there is no preferable type of social aggregates. There exist endless number of mediators. And when those are transformed into faithful intermediaries, it is not the rule, but a rare exception that has to be accounted for by some extra work. Usually, by the mobilization of even more mediators. It's almost a fundamental sort of uh, section or paragraph, because if we can explain in this session today what is the difference between a mediator and an intermediary, then we will be able to explain this passage. We will be able to identify the key differences between so traditional sociology and an AMT type sociology. You know, what, could, what on earth could this mean? That, let's say, if we start with... Uh, well, before we do that, would you like to also read this definition of mediators intermediaries? Because maybe we have to do that. Which is on page 39, actually. Well, wait, is it? No, uh, it's no, no, it's... Uh, Well, it is 39, so maybe if you get top of the page, 39, it says, an intermediary, in my vocabulary, is what transports meaning or force without transformation. So, inputs, defining its inputs is enough to define its outputs. And it is kind of a, a cybernetic type of definition, I guess, that what goes in that comes out, so there's no transformation, something that... For all practical purposes, an intermediary can be taken not only as a black box, but also as a black box counting for one, even if it is internally made of many parts. So the black box can be very complex, yet still just be one, because it just transforms action, doesn't change action. Mediators, on the other hand, cannot be counted as just one. They might count for one, for nothing, for several, or for infinity. Their input is never a good predictor of their output. Their specificity has to be taken into account every time. So, uh, so what do we make of this? Uh, so it's, there's a black box on one hand, the intermediary, and then a not a black box, something else. Um, and, uh, it needs to be illustrated by something to simplify it. Well, because yeah, because <laughs> it's, uh, really it's good. Actually, yeah, it's the sun and yeah, maybe let's take the first example because he uses the example of the computer right there yeah. in the next in the same paragraph. Mm -hmm. So it says a properly a properly functioning computer could be taken as a good case of a complicated intermediary, while a banal conversation may become a terribly complex chain of mediators, where passions, opinions, and attitudes bifurcate at every turn. But if it breaks down 
a computer may turn into a horrendously complex mediator, while a highly sophisticated panel during an academic conference may become a perfectly predictable and uneventful intermediary in rubber stamping a decision made elsewhere. Contrasting to what he says about the uh, difference between traditional sociology and sociology of the association, I think he's saying that uh, for traditional sociology there is the society hanging behind us, and then there is basically almost everything else is just intermediaries kind of mediating this uh, society's kind of all-encompassing force pulling the strings behind our backs. Whereas in, in ANT there is hit, in many times there is no hidden forces or nothing behind, but we just have to kind of uh, follow how actions are kind of uh, passed on and transformed through this. If I <coughs> uh, write an article on a Microsoft Word and it is, does this bloody thing that always does with the bullet points and kind of changes the margins somehow, I don't know what it does kind of then it's sort of uh, a mediator, it does something to what I'm doing and while I'm passing it through my computer, my writing, the computer and the program does something to it. It's all in a way in my control but not totally in my control. But uh, here I think what's key to, key to understand here is whether he's making sort of uh, ontological statement, whether sociologists really believe that the world is like this or whether it's just a uh, <coughs> way of looking at the world because uh, I guess economists don't believe that uh, the gross domestic product is a fact of nature the Greeks read their statistics so it's not a fact of nature but in their analysis, in order to get, create some kind of uh, uh, knowledge, they have to take it as a basic flat fact. You can kind of, in, in, you, have to take, you have to take some things given in order to get somewhere. So, uh, and I'm interested whether Lavdur says that, uh, that, whether he says that the approach is wrong or whether the sociologists really believe. Uh, whether it's sort of epistemological or ontological statement. Okay, well, almost I think that, that you're, you're sort of jumping um, a bit ahead because you're trying to draw um, conclusions from, from from the discussion. I mean, if you don't mind, just to, uh, if we could sort out the, the differences between... Uh, or I mean, I mean uh, you know, what you were saying is absolutely uh, an issue, but I'm just wondering if you should pick up to that. Uh, a, bit, a bit later, yeah. because uh, yes, what is the difference between a media interaction? So, if you're trying to understand this example, the broken computer or the computer, so um, I'm just wondering how you know everybody is interpreting this. I mean, there is a laptop yeah. right, you know, in front of you. So, when is it a mediator? When is it an intermediary? How do you? I just want to say, I think I think this passage is already a step. Trying a step beyond the question of what is interior and what's because he, here he's talking about complexity on, and uh, co uh, complication and the difference between these two. Uh, uh, it's, it's so yeah, actually I agree with you, Alexi, in the sense that 
that uh, um, I was going to say. Um, yeah, it's a question of uh, how to approach. It's not a, uh, an ontological question here at all. I mean, uh, in the sense, uh, for example, the concept of mediator, I'm linking it with the granularity of the analysis and the units of analysis. So uh, the thing is. Uh, a mediator when uh, from the beginning you don't consider that you have uh, a bigger agency uh, than another. I mean that all the agency that you have are equal. So, uh, and you are going to uh, determine uh, your uh, level of analysis by uh, the ties and the connections linking uh, the different access you have in your, uh, when you are trying to explain the phenomenon. Before we take another kind of stance on that, I think um, what, what, what's the difference here is that let's take a seminar like this. And, uh, it seems to kind of just impossible to imagine a seminar without a room, without chairs, without table. But in traditional sociology, those don't account for anything. They are just Kind of, they are kind of bracketed out from the uh, uh, <coughs> from the uh, analysis. But another example that sort of makes in some other texts is the kind of this broken overhead projector. Kind of the seminar keeps going smoothly as long as until the this intermediary, the overhead projector, just like just does it work, kind of throws the slides there. But once it's broken, it kind of draws all the attention on it, it becomes sort of intermediary that doesn't anymore, uh, anymore mediate the activity of giving the lecture kind of obediently. And uh, but he's saying that we are actually relying on a huge amount of this kind of uh, tools and kind of silence that are the open intermediaries that have been silenced mm. in order to do anything. Yeah. So, so, um, I, so, so the, the, the thing that you said before, and then sort of uh, what we was, uh, was 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 relating to, and then this this next point, so that was kind of what I was trying to draw out. So, so that there, there's uh, on one point, on one on one level, we've got this sort of ontological or metaphysical question of what is the nature of anything, because it seems like it can be an intermediary in one moment, a mediator in another moment, and as you said, some. Some entities become black boxed and disappear, and we no longer know or are aware of them. And then the other issue is what you've you know, um, alluded to that how do you do this analysis or how do you study that? What is the method or the approach? Um, and, and, and how is traditional sociology different from, from the sociology of associations? So, uh, Yes, I mean, how do you guys see this whole uh, problem? I mean, that's, that's also very interesting, this, this question of... So again, for ANT, or ANT, it says there are no preferable type of... There's endless number of mediators. So it's almost saying that everything is a media, mediator, seems to suggest. And if, if everything is not a mediator, if something is an intermediary, then that's a problem. Yeah. And that needs to be explained by finding more mediators. So... It's also a question of stability. So let's say we've got, I don't know, this table, which is, looks 
as a thing pretty stable at the moment. I was um, going to ask. Or, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask if there are such things as mediators and intermediaries in nature. You may find intermediaries and you may find uh, mediators, or is it the same thing that starts by being an intermediary and then becomes a mediator? Or is it, I mean, some people will think this is a mediator and others will think the same thing is uh, an intermediary. And so it, it relates back to the question of is it an ontological issue or is it a methodological issue? This is my favorite example, once again, this seminar rule, which is in a way intermediate intermediary for the seminar, but if we leave it here for a couple of months and come back, nothing is done to it, it kind of won't anymore serve us very well. It's constantly somebody putting uranium in the reactor to kind of make the lights on, kind of somebody heating the room and somebody is cleaning it and actually buildings, unless you are okay about hair analysis, they don't seem to care about it so much, but unless you maintain them all the time kind of they actually start decaying. Though they, they don't kind of stay as intermediaries. They kind of, kind of they don't work anymore as intermediaries and uh, unless there is constant work put into the buildings. But here once we are sitting in the room we don't really we take all that as granted. And this is what is not if you study society from the perspective kind of with traditional sociological choice you won't necessarily see it. But this, it's, uh, this, it's not only Latour who's saying, but it's quite a uh, uh, common uh, finding or insight in technology studies. It actually uh, infrastructures are of, often something that we become aware of them only when they break down. When uh, a pipeline breaks or the kind of the electricity network goes down, only on the event of breakdown we know this, this huge infrastructure of intermediary is kind of making possible actually what we are doing. But then there is that ontological question of then is everything a mediator then? Exactly. Is everything uh, an actor? Yes. Um, or, or, or actor? I have just a question. It says that in the normal the sociology uh, the tables and all that stuff are put in two brackets mm. and in the sociology of, uh, of Latour um, table is a mediator but what 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 is mediating? What the table is mediating? Oh, what is it a medi- why it is a mediator? Because what's transfer of what is the transfer from the table to from where to where? Yeah, actually, action. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. What curious when you uh, define what is intermediary and mediator? Why does does um, the two not differentiate between human things and non-human things. Because really, it's, we are in a group. It's no problem to understand we are exchanging ideas. We are transforming it. And what's uh, the church? But what about the non-human being? What about the computers? Yeah, that should be a reason that the two may have some reason to why he see everything, every beings, every existence, only as mediated Well, I mean, one, 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 one answer to that would be, I guess, the whole critique of, um, you know, modernity coming from Heidegger that, you know, derives or, or goes back, you know, the critique of modernity being that it is 
it has to be the human being in the center piece, or you know, the Cartesian sort of I think, therefore I am. So if you start out from the viewpoint of the um, the observer, um, well, the end result of that is that things or objects or whatever don't really matter, or or in the end you get locked into this philosophy of or the problem of access. That how do you access the the external world, and so. It seems to be Latour's way of stepping out of that problem, saying, let's not talk about the relationship between human beings and reality, but let's look at how stuff happens and the way things happen, the door, you know, you may not be able to open the door and then you don't get in. If you cannot open it, then you will get in and history will change. So, um, so, 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 so in a way, it, it, this, uh, generalized symmetry or the treating um, objects and humans as same, it's kind of a way of overcoming that distinction or the, that, that philosophical problem in a way. And, and modernity itself. I think you made a good, good point when you said that how is table a mediator? Yeah. There is a difference between I think how you start with actor network theory and traditional sociology because traditional sociology you start with the society. I mean, behind us there. But in actual network theory, level is explicitly here that you have to start in the middle. So if you want to understand, you start from this situation and then you start to kind of extrapolating and kind of trying to see what are the kind of traces that are combined here. So in this situation, the table is really a mediator because you can put the book there and it behaves as we are expected to behave. The leg would kind of go off and the book would fall on the floor, and then it would not mediate our actions that kind of, that kind of obediently. But in action you always start with some very particular thing or situation, and you start kind of, kind of placing connections and associations outwards. And, you, and, and it's always kind of what's kind of that centerpiece that tells that whether something should be counted in or not. Yeah, true. I mean, in this definition of mediator in the same page, he's talking about their specificity. He uses uh, the word specificity in the sense that the mediator has a materiality or substance or whatever is it. I mean, the word materiality, I, we are not going through because it's becoming more and more fuzzy, but this specificity that, I mean, here for Latour, it's the, the potential of acting the potential of maybe drifting what you as an individual have planned the thing to do. Um, so one technique that he uses, I think, to see why he's why a mediator is to think what would have happened if we didn't have a table. So, yeah. okay, so if we wouldn't have a table, then, I don't know, all our papers would be, it'd be hard to focus. The table kind of gives a, some, it acts in a sense that it gives a, a frame you know, what, where are the important things and kind of focuses us on, you know, the, the books and the literature. So it mediates, you know, our attention maybe if you want in a book. Yeah, but almost you could ask whether it's even uh, right for us to just talk about the table as a sort of an isolated object. Because obviously, you know, what Heidegger says, you know, the whole thing about the presence at hand, um, ready to hand, Distinction, you know, the famous tool analysis of Heidegger, which this reminds me of, and so the distinction between you know, mediator, intermediary, intermediary seems to be about 
what is the status of an, an artifact, an object, and so uh, also this table has got a whole life. I mean, it was made in a factory somewhere, it was transported here somewhere. Um, you know, it's made from all kinds of different. Um, there was no kind of, so we talk about actor networks. So it's not right to just look at it as an actor in itself, but actually it has links to this network of um, actions which have resulted in holding up your laptop right now conveniently in front of you. Past or future, this last time doesn't have any effect. I mean, it has been a tree before and maybe, I don't know, it's become something else in the future. So in this connection, yeah, well, maybe. I, um, I guess in the uh, interpretation of uh, Latour's word, maybe the, the material of concept of table is not kind of materialistic. It's kind of a human thought, understanding, construction. Because it's, if it is not you call it table, it would be a real kind of assembly of good. It's not table. If you call it table, it's kind of a human understanding, right? And when you use it, it's kind of a mediation between the human con concept of table and human needs of kind of sitting, right? But using something. Right? But I think that's an important um, sort of issue for Lanzuri. How do you actually look at this problem of yeah. materiality and this, whatever you want to call it, um, I, I, you know, um, ideal or um, cognitive or linguistic or whatever other nature, semiotic nature of reality. Um, so, so um, anyone wants to uh, say something about that? No, but let's go further. I mean, I don't know if we, um, I mean, the question of the material and the material, maybe we can what, well, so, so going back to that uh, definition, I mean, just to add maybe then to this contrast between traditional sociology and uh, modern one, um, on page 59, he says, he identifies how actor network theory pictures the world. It's just one line, so I'll read that for you. It says, the second solution of how to view the world is the one preferred by AMT. Pictures a world made of concatenations of mediators, so basically a, a net of mediators, where each point can be said to fully act. So there's no talk of intermediaries here. It's talking about the actor network theory's view of the world. And so um, I guess Alexi was alluding to that, that in a way everything is constantly mediating um, Fully acting. Yeah, and that point he was really radical because uh, when he, uh, he was saying that when the thing becomes an intermediate, then it's out of the social. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I saw it uh, in this uh, in this page. I mean, he excluded it completely from the social, and uh, he defines the social as uh, a movement of reassembling and reassembling, go, I mean, back and forth. I, I, I think it's nice to put the idea of concatenations of mediators where each point can be said to fully act. Yeah. So it's a performed, constantly performed world. Everything is being performed. Um, 
whatever you look at, so even the, the water and the bottle. Um, I don't know, recently I had an experience, I mean, I was, un I was opening up some old boxes that I had, you know, from 10 years ago when I was a student elsewhere, and I was unpacking all these documents that I kept in a plastic folder, and all the plastic, all my plastic objects that I didn't touch sort of for 15 years or something like that, they're all melting, they're all disintegrating, and actually, you know, you could see oil kind of dripping, and they were turning back into oil, you know, and I just thought, wow, this is weird. I thought that, you know, um, by putting my diploma or whatever in a plastic folder that I, I was protecting it, you know, for posterity. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that what I thought was very permanent, plastic, you know, it decays. So, again, this idea of um, some performances are very fast and quick and something performs and disappears and it's gone. But something, maybe the table itself or LSE or whatever, and... In a way, you know, how to put it. Agreed. Um, well, it's in a way easy to agree that everything acts, but uh, I'm not sure what, if we get very far with that. Because, uh, first of all, if you look at the actors, if you throw actors in a stage or whatever, kind of the, being kind of performing is always based on the fact that you take huge amount of things as given. So to kind of actually bracket out many things, you have to take many things as given. And that's what we always also have to do in research. We can study everything. We have to have some kind of idea what we what, what we focus. And I think this is this is honest to me one of the Achilles heels of Academic. But then when trying to uh, uh, use it as a, for an empirical study because I tried it and I ended up in huge problems, is that how do you define what to count in? And the Latour's answer is bloody stupid, I would say. It's, it, he says in this book, in Social Study of Information and Communication Technologies, that you just have to map everything. Well, go on and say, they say that to your PhD supervisor that I'm going to study everything. You have to, and he doesn't give any hints how to kind of... Uh, uh, I understand that he doesn't necessarily want to go into that discussion, but in practice, to perform any performance or perform research, you have to have some kind of way of delimiting what you focus on. Actually, I accept agree because uh, um, he was saying that, I mean, in these uh, 60 pages, he was uh, saying it's okay that uh, following actor network is going to be slow and killing is slow. But uh, that he's proposing, I mean, a solution in page 52. He's talking about small lists, uh, a small list of handles, allowing the socialists to move from one group formation to the next. Is uh, talking about limited set of grips to follow the ways in which actors credit or discredit an agency. I mean, he's trying to say we cannot know everything and we cannot study the whole world. So uh, we uh, are obliged in a way to depart from a set of representations. But the, the danger for the soci sociologist is not to know that he's departing from one representation, but it's not the truth. And uh, uh, not yeah. to acknowledge all these controversies. Well, I think maybe to, to, to uh, kind of radically, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. But what I'm saying that I most, it may be that you need something that doesn't necessarily come from the after network theory to delimit those networks. You study how far you go with the networks because the, the, uh, uh, the advice that Sul gives in, in the 
in that other book he says that you stop when you have written 80,000 words. Uh, well, I heard, that, <laughs> I, I heard that advice from other people who are not active networking people as well. I mean, but, but, but I mean, it's a very important point you're raising because that's the criticism of active network theory and this sort of ultimate relativity or relativism or whatever that any, everything. Don't put that in your upright document. But I will stop when I have to pass the upright document that way. That is true. But. Uh, I would say that what he seems to be suggesting here, at least, and we haven't finished the book, so you know, yes. there's going to be more things that he's going to say later. But what I see, what he seems to be suggesting, in my interpretation, that he says um, what you need to discover is the new aggregate, which is not necessarily immediately visible. So if you go in and I say, well, I know that this is a class situation. I mean, a lower class neighborhood. And everything that people do is because they are lower working class. What I'm doing is I'm basically um, committing a certain kind of violence because I'm bringing in some concepts from somewhere else, some priests. I already made up my mind about these people that they are working class and, and I'm using that one cause and effect construction and that will explain everything. They are poor because they are working class, whatever, you know, construct something and what he seems to be saying that, well, put those away, you know, why don't you just look at how things are performed? What is this neighborhood? What does this neighborhood look like? What do people behave? What, do, what are the links, connections, etc.? And then you draw a new shape of, uh, you look at a sort of actor, activity, look, look at actors or actors or aggregates. And um, I mean, sort of highlighted it somewhere that he sort of said he was interested in sort of types, shape, size, um, you know, I don't know where that is, shape, size, heterogeneity, combination of associations, and maybe types of associations. So these are the parameters of an assembly. So you're trying to describe something that you didn't see before, because if you saw it before, well, then you haven't done any research, you know. So it's almost, uh, well, that seems to be... I understand. Well, what, what I say that it's a because he makes he has this example of when why does this guy involves in crime and kind of the guy says that uh, it's I had bad parents and what Latin says that like what the critical sociologists would say, okay, it's the capitalism that makes him do the crimes. Society. No big kind of no, nothing to research here. It's, that's an, in that sense I tend to agree with Latura. I have read too many texts and I, I don't I, I disagree with the Sociology, I think that they always find it kind of capitalism, kind of false consciousness everywhere, which is to me it doesn't seem to be so interesting. But on the other hand, what uh, and he says that the, we should take that the guy's words. It was my father. I had bad parents, kind of seriously. Which is um, in a way yes, but then maybe he says that we have to start facing the associations of what kind of parents this guy had and going uh, starting from that point and seeing what, what's really there. But on the other hand, uh, I kind of it, it, in a way it sounds a little bit like crude empiricism that uh, you have to because uh, he says that people interpret their world themselves. But obviously uh, I think there are good arguments against that kind of approach that uh, why do we have to take things that 
face value is that I'm going to lie because a researcher is asked. Uh, well, I mean, it's, important, it's essentially a really important point you brought up is the whole uh, status of ethnomethodology because he is using a lot in that, in, you know, Garfinkel, he's yeah, Garfinkel. referring to, he, at one point he says that after network theory is half Garfinkel, so mm -hmm. ethnomethodology, mm -hmm. and half Gramas semiotics. Mm -hmm. So it's almost really important to maybe understand how those things affect or, 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 or you know, in what sense. Uh, what is ethnomethodology? Anyone? I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've looked into it, but <laughs> I'm not an expert. Well, 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 not an expert. Well, 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 yeah. It's somehow it's kind of studying the people's own methods of rationalizing their actions, and uh, I'm not going to give you an account of that. It's yeah, I will. I will. Uh, in, in maybe a naive way, but it's like uh, using the language of the actors. I mean, not formally. Uh, here he's saying, uh, I think he's, he was uh, uh, trying to call uh, the attention of sociologists not to put themselves like above uh, people and, uh, and uh, phenomena and to think that they may be outsiders and look to the whole uh, reality from above. So they. they I mean that they are part and that they are um, as performative as any actor within the network. So um, I think it has something to do almost with modern theory that you exactly. come in without preconceived notions. That you come into the to the you know, to the space and you try to understand the people from their you know world and try to just see the things as they happen and try to account for them. Yeah, we would, I'm just wondering. So what is the difference between ethnography and the because ethnography doesn't, in anthropology, doesn't uh, come with preconceived things. Exactly the point is to go out there, to do the interviews, to see the different there, rationalities. There was a lot, lot, lot in common, like that there was ah, very close yeah, to the very point, yeah. group. Was, uh, he did uh, a 1979 laboratory life. He went to the scientist German Salz, who went to win a Nobel Prize. And he was studying these scientists, what they really do instead of, because that time, usually what science studies was that they people wonder in, in kind of what the scientists do and kind of it was philosophers doing reading books and kind of discussing themselves. But what these guys did, they went to the laboratory and look and it was totally different kind of. It wasn't big theories and then, uh, then you finally have the experiment. But these guys were kind of messing around with their instruments and trying to make things work and then something happened and then they had to think about what the hell happened and kind of uh, so there was a lot, he has called it kind of uh, philosophical anthropology at some point in some of his uh, previous texts. Well, I was in Africa as well, was only at some point. As I think about it. Yeah. 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 Actually, I mean, uh, it cannot be grounded 100% um, in the extent that he talks about the infralinguage. So, uh, like, to have a language that supports, but, I mean, uh, in the sense that um, you will not be surprised if you don't have a pre-understanding of uh, the phenomenon. So, uh, but what he's trying to do, not to get into much of your presuppositions, so not to understand the phenomenon under scrutiny. Yes. I, mean, I mean, maybe the difference, or maybe one distinction that could be drawn, or maybe one... Um, 
one question one could ask that, well, in actual network theory, he really makes the point that you must, you are engaging with metaphysics and sort of philosophy and things like that. And I guess the question with um, ethnography is that, you know, what is ethnography? Is it a, a methodology? Is it a, a theoretical approach? Is it a, does, that, that does it have its own sort of ontological position? Or if you go out and do ethnographic research, are you really free from all your preconceptions and, uh, you know, um, so, so, so the status of ethnography, I mean, it's an interesting question as well, or anthropology, that to what extent are we, can we really compare these things or are we talking about the same? So for example, one of, one of the questions that they asked a lot in ethnography was, I mean, in the 60s and so was the nature and nurture debate, right? So what is more important, nature and nurture? And in A&T, it's totally, I mean, these things are, you cannot, you cannot disentangle them. There's so much, you know, intertwined. You cannot have a certain culture without a, uh, objects and you cannot have uh, objects without some kind of categorization and uh, so you just cannot, it's not possible to uh, Yeah, yesterday I was in this course in the ethnography uh, in the anthropology department about ethnography methods so one of uh, the students were, was asking if it was sufficient to have a good case study to build a good uh, I mean uh, PhD so, uh, and the response was, um, uh, it, it used to be the case in the 60s and 70s, but now it's no more the case. You, you, you should have um, uh, a framework, a theoretical framework, uh, as much as uh, a rich case, uh, even if you are going to do ethnography. So, I mean, it, people are more and more conscious that they are not, they cannot put it like a Naively, they are grounded, I mean, 100%, and, uh, because there is no such thing as being completely grounded. Yeah, so, so, so in terms of um, coming back to the distinction between um, ethnomethodology, or, or well, so it's this half ethnomethodology, and so there's this issue of so this ethnographic approach, or studying how people make the world for themselves, mm. basically. And I would sort of put it, um, I mean, I would suggest that it comes out more towards the end of the book that Latour is not only talking about people, but even he says things also uh, uh, are, are part of an interpretation or of the world or something like that. I mean, he actually had the lily that somebody was referring to on page 39. It says, um, notes, note 30. Says the relations between causes and effects are to be altered requires nothing out of the ordinary. So he's suggesting something fundamentally, you know, different. Before the lily has learned, and some learned, you know, the lily learns. That before the lily has learned to extract the sun's energy through photosynthesis, the sun is not the cause of the lily. So you know, cause and effect. So um, and um, I mean, this sort of goes on to some further sort of metaphysical or philosophical points he's trying to say, but almost he says that, and this, I'm referring to uh, Graham Harmon's book because he makes an important point about this, that in, uh, for, for Latour, you know, a seed or an acorn does not contain the potential of the tree. It only becomes a tree once it has turned into a tree. So the cause and effect and sort of 
Uh, well, I said it's much, it's much more complicated, basically. Uh, that it's not that we have the potential to do something and then we become that. And it's kind of this linear approach, but it's a, there's a certain circularity. What's the relationship between the sun photosynthesis and the lily? What? And the seasons, you know. So uh, it's a bit, um, so, 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 well, at least for now, it seems to be, you know, it's a pretty distributed causality. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that's all over the place. Yeah, I think the, one of the powerful, one of the powerful things in mathematical theory. Another is that um, uh, somehow this reminds me of um, pragmatism in one special sense because uh, we think if quite many scientific uh, approaches tend to start with the question of meaning, what is the meaning of action and why do people act and, act and what's the meaning behind all that? But actually, what the, the insight in pragmatism and kind of that can make probably applied here is that uh, we don't have to necessarily explain action but the, the, kind of the, the meaning emerges from the action. We can go on with our lives without making, giving, making sense and kind of giving meaning to everything. We can have sex and eat kind of without putting so much meaning on that animals go on like that. But we have to act. People can't stop acting passing on the activity because then the whole life will stop. So, the, for, so maybe for action network theory, but for pragmatism and some other uh, kind of a little bit on the fringes of social, social science, sciences kind of uh, approaches, the question of meaning is secondary and the kind of the question of, kind of the action comes first and only the meaning afterwards, whereas this thing seems to be in many of the scientific approaches just the other way around. Yeah. Uh, well, this uh, relationship between meaning and, um, well, I mean, that's just something that reminded me of, I mean, what he says about the use of, well, ethnomethodology or this approach that first you should let the actor provide its interpretation before you draw your conclusion. So in terms of method of carrying out this kind of actor network study, let the actor, whether there's an interviewee or an object or whatever you are studying, uh, give you its own interpretation of itself or in its world and then you draw that so that was one thing that reminded me of what you just said yeah. but then another important thing which I completely just lost now uh, <laughs> that yeah um, just to add on what you, you've been saying that I mean from an ontological perspective it's uh, in page 34 when he talks about labor and, uh, and I think it's uh, more than work, uh, more than action, sorry, it's labor. And he's saying no work, no group. So uh, it, uh, he comes back to this performative aspect, but I think it's more just an isolated and willing uh, action of somebody who will take, I don't know, this uh, bottle or, uh, or drink or uh, it's labor. So there is uh, maybe rationality and it's not. Uh, uh, setting it apart from uh, the whole work. I mean, uh, even if it's performative, it's not, um, how to say, getting read the urgency from his uh, calcula uh, calculative uh, aspect, from his rationality, from his individuality. It's part of the work, part of the network. Yeah, I mean, like that, that was the bit that I forgot that I blanked out. I mean, the, the relationship between uh, action and meaning you were talking about. 
and then then you can you know bring in or you can call it cognition. So you know, and the whole problem with knowledge and action, or theory and practice, or well, action and cognition, or understanding, it seems to be it's not two different things. So it's not you cannot separate action from cognition or understanding from doing things. Basically, what practice and say is that. Uh, the typical way of going on is, is that, okay, there is some meaning, and we, by that meaning we explain action. And this is totally wrong, according to pragmatists. They say that people can't stop acting, and the meaning emerges from that action. Like in ethnometrology, I think there are these funny studies where people, uh, people, invent, people act, and then they constantly kind of invent meaning to their acts, and uh, kind of post hoc rationalized amazing things. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, this, what you just su suggested there, this, this question of being uh, retrospective or like sense making, that you are doing retrospective sense making, that seems to be very much part of uh, this Laturian vision of the world that when things change, then you've got a new configuration, so everything changes kind of retrospectively. Does that make sense? I mean, I, mean, I'm not, I'm not quite, I can't remember where he was talking about that, but almost like the world changes by account of what that is used if, if um, one mediates, you know, well, that it's uh, retrospectively really changes the world. It's in footnote 13, exactly with the lily, that he says that cause and effects can be used only retrospectively. And another way of putting it is that he sometimes says that there is no inertia, there is no group, or kind of once something has been put together, it doesn't stay together just by itself, but it has to be kept together all the time. And that's keep it safe. Yeah, and it, uh, there is constant work of keeping things together, keeping LSE together, if there would be no students sitting late in the evening and kind of going to lectures, the LSE would stop yeah. being pretty quickly. Well, hold that example because that can um, move, go, go, help us move on to the next point, which was understanding of the contribution of grain mass and uh, semiotics. And that's towards the end of the second chapter when he talks about figuration, or the notion of figuration. And uh, and basically suggesting that when you're doing actual network theory sort of analysis that you have to be very open to identify actants or actors which uh, may not be sort of obvious or com com they are incommensurable, I can pronounce that word. Uh, so, um, and then he said things can be either so, so, so an actant can be not just a bottle or a human being, but it says ideal. What's just the word they used? It says it can be ideomorphism, so it's something assembled out of ideas. Technomorphism, so some sort of technological thing. Or biomorphism, yeah, page 53. So he's saying that, um, you know, semiotics. Well, this is a semiotics link, so I'm just wondering what, uh, you, what you guys thought about this, because when well, you mentioned the LSC, what is the LSC? Well, what, sort of a, what kind of an actant is, is, the, is the LSC? And you know, is it an ideal, techno-biomorphic, I mean, a hybrid of some sort? So. It's obviously a 
hybrid, but it's LC sort of. It's sort of, in most cases, it's sort of black box, and there's a label for the black box. Is three letters LSC. That's actually those letters would mean a little without the nine thousand students and a couple of thousand researchers coming here every day, and the buildings and uh, that kind of um, make sure that those people have nice and warm, at least in the summer here in LSC, and and, uh, and basically it's all those things because you can think of university without building. Okay, there were maybe some virtual universities, that's yet two interesting questions, but still they have materialized in different kinds of uh, structures. Because what he says actually in this um, article about baboons, he was studying baboons in some African savanna, and he said that precisely because these baboons don't have the material structures, they are, they are, they are their society on based on purely social, meaning that as long as uh, somebody doesn't want to behave, he or she doesn't behave and the whole thing collapses. Because as long as things are dependent on our own free will and memory, it's very difficult to have very complicated structures because uh, it, it, it's so level and kind of so human memory and kind of is too, too and that social is too flexible. So we have to kind of materialize this social and kind of into something more durable. Yeah. So I would say LSC is all these things together. Oh, okay, but can you give us an example then when the LSC is an actant? When it acts just as one thing? Because you described it as sort of this hybrid of many things. Okay, I'm so, exactly. Uh, because uh, to me, figuration seems to suggest that really, really complex things. So even a macro actor can be acting as just one single thing. I wrote an editorial into the uh, main Finnish newspaper on climate change, and I used the uh, Alexei Alton and one School of Economics. There is definitely an app, because uh, that would be just Alexei Alton, and they wouldn't have published it. Because I put the three letters there, it kind of helped me to push it through there. And it kind of gives of course it's written by me, but because there is LSC with me there, it gives quite a lot of more credibility to my writing. So I involve LSC to, kind of, to work with me there. There isn't definitely an actor. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know if, uh, I mean, this concept of figuration and uh, the fact 